0: back hall. Thank you for escorting them, Brother Jim. If you have your Bible, open it up to 1 Peter chapter 5. Thank you, Brother, for blessing us. Ladies, you bless us every single Sunday. We are blessed with a wonderful pianist and an organist and music leader. Thank you all so much. And nobody amen that, so maybe they didn't hear it. We are blessed with a wonderful organist and pianist and music leader. Yes, there you go. All right, First Peter chapter 5. Now, some of y'all know I came from the uh, Dallas Metroplex area. I grew up about 30 miles outside of Dallas. And up in that area, the geography is a little bit different than it is here in Deep East Texas. Now, we have trees. We do have trees. Believe it or not, we have trees up there. They're mostly oak uh, and, and other varieties, but, uh, you know, And they're big. When I was a kid, I remember looking up at them thinking, boy, those are pretty big trees. And then I moved from there and I went to Central Texas and moved to Belton. I don't know if you know know what the the geography around Belton and Central Texas is like. They're a little bit shorter trees. We called them uh, scrub oaks mostly. Uh, There were mesquite trees and, uh, of course, cedar trees, but not like the cedars of Lebanon or anything like that. These were smaller, scrubbish-type cedar trees. And then the Lord brought us to deep east Texas and I lost sight of the horizon and I could no longer see what was coming on the horizon the trees are so tall that often I can't look around and see what's going on you've heard that old expression you can't see the forest for the trees right that's literally in this case I can't see the forest because of the trees they block everything and when our view is blocked when we have a hard time of seeing what is just beyond our our horizon or our view, when those huge tall trees block us, we can't see the rest of our surroundings. And we might think, in fact, I've thought it before, if I could climb one of these big tall pine trees, number one, I could probably go on some sort of sporting show or something like that, right? But number two, I would be able to see out above the forest. I'd be able to see the ho- the forest as a whole, I'd be able to perhaps see roads and and streams and maybe somebody else's house and, and all of that, I'd, I'd be, able to be able to get a big-picture kind of view of what was going on just outside of my perspective. You see, we're on the ground, everything around us looks so, so big. Money problems can look big. People problems can look big. Relationship problems can look big. Health problems can look big. Job problems can look big. And what that does is it tends us to lead to worry and grow anxious. So, what do we do in that instance? Climb a tree? Well, God's word in 1 Peter chapter 5 gives us some great advice on how we can get a clearer, greater picture from God. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 5. We're reading verses 5 through 7, just three verses. Likewise, You who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Let's pause a moment for prayer. Father, we thank You. We love hearing those words. You care for us. And what truth is in there? You care for us. But Lord, there's an action that you're asking for from us, that we cast our cares onto you, that we cast our anxieties onto you. Father, I pray that through your word, through the preaching of your word, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, we'd get that this morning. Father, we'd apply that this morning. We would not leave this place worrying about something we have no control over. But instead, we would just be trusting in you who has control over all things seen and unseen. Lord, grow us from the inside out. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. I know as human beings we struggle with this, don't we? We struggle with worrying and anxiety. The idea of and letting the idea of letting go, th- go of things in our lives is often, well, it's hard and it weighs us down. We might hear something like, let go and let God and it sounds good, looks good on paper, but what exactly does that mean to let go and let God? And how practical really is that? We, sometimes we separate the spiritual from the secular in our lives, and we say, well, God can't handle all the church-type things, spiritual-type things, but everything outside of the walls of the church, that's me, that's on me, right? That's, sometimes that's the way we think. That's not the way it should be. We often will not let Him or want Him or perhaps worse, trust Him with every facet of our lives, but we should. In our scripture, there's a very real connection between humbling ourselves, practicing humility, and casting our cares or anxieties upon God. Now, my translation that I read from, the English Standard Version, has there in verse uh, 7, casting all your anxieties. But some of your versions, like King James, New King James, they have the word care there. and We're going to talk about that here in just a second. I'm going to use that word, cares, anxieties, and worries. I'm going to be using them interchangeably, and they all mean basically the same thing. That's the, the point we're trying to get across. The cares of this world, the anxieties of our life, the worries that we deal with. What does that refer to exactly? Well, it can refer to the cares or anxieties of this world, the things that this world are consumed with. What, are the world, what is the world consumed with? Money, power, pleasing the flesh right? Selfish kinds of things. That's the cares or the anxieties of this world. It can refer to the cares of our life. Health, our relationships, dealing with everyday kinds of things, finances, how we're going to pay the bills. Those are the worries or cares of our everyday life. It can even refer to what we might be considered good, godly concerns, right? We might be worried or anxious about our relationship with the Lord. We might be anxious or caring or worrying about uh, how we're relating with other believers in Christ. We might be anxious about our own family. And you're saying, well, is that a bad thing? We're going to talk about that. Because here's the thing, is that when we take our cares into our own hands, we kind of separate ourselves from trusting in the Lord. And there's three reasons I want to give you this morning why we need to be casting all our cares on God, why this is important. The first one is this, is we need to know what my caring, quote unquote, really is. What is my caring, quote unquote? I already told you, my version calls it anxious or anxiety. It's anxiousness or worry. It's it's, it's a thing that we need to differentiate because In some of your versions, I already told you, verse 7, it says, casting all our cares on Him, He cares for us, or cares for you. It uses that word twice. And so we might think, well, it's the same word. But remember, the New Testament, thousands of years ago, written in another language, written in the the language of Greek. And that's actually two different words there. And that's why I want to differentiate here, and that's why I use my English Standard Version, because it translates that word to anxiety, casting all my anxieties. That first word, that you might have for care is a, is a Greek word that is always translated, except for here for some reason, anxieties or anxiousness or worries. In fact, if you think about uh, uh, some of the different scriptures in the New Testament, for instance, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, when Jesus says, Do not be anxious about your life. Do not worry about your life. That's that same, same Greek word Peter is using right there. Cast all your cares, anxieties, worries on him, And so what Peter is talking about with our cares are really those things that we are anxious about, what we are worrying about. When we talk about sinful issues in the church, generally our mind re- revolves around morality or ethical type failures. Lying, stealing, uh, cheating, and so forth. Isn't it interesting that Jesus and Peter and even the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, 6 make some kind of statement about don't worry. Do not be anxious for anything; cast your anxieties on Him, beloved. We should not miss this major emphasis of our Savior and two of His very influential apostles. Worrying and being anxious is a big thing to God. And here's what we're really saying: anxiety, caring, worrying is actually—it's a sin issue. That's what it really comes comes down to. Now why is this such a big thing to us? Why is it such a big thing to God? Well, number one, it should be enough for us to simply submit to the command of our Savior and say, okay, I'll not worry, Jesus. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to cast it on you and I'm not going to take it back up because you said so. And so any disregard for any of his commands, whether we're talking about sexual immorality or being worried about our situation, is breaking his commands. It's a sin against him. It is literally declaring war against him, right? That's you know, you're, you're like, are you relating an adulterer to a worry wart? I'm not. God is. And so we're not talking about my uh, level of, of measuring sin. We're talking about his. So understand what I'm saying here. Okay? Honestly, if, if I had a choice of being married to a murderer or a worry wart, I'm going to choose the worry wart, right? Right? If I had best friends, Had to be a best friend with somebody who's going to rob a bank or someone who's going to worry too much. I'm going to choose the friend who's a worry wart. So, yes, in societal measures, we would measure it that way. But I'm not talking about how society measures things. I'm talking about God. So why is it such a big deal? A couple of reasons I want to give you. First one is this. Anxiousness has at its core that we are wiser than God, that we know better, either that He will forget what we need or He will not meet those needs in the way we think is best. It is thrusting ourselves into His very place of authority to do what we seem to think He is not able or willing to do. As if charting the course for our own lives or the lives of the loved ones in our thoughts and in our worries is something we must supplant God from doing. Because we grow impatient with His timing or our perception of His lack of movement. I made a statement a long time ago. We need to learn in His time, in His way. He does things in His time, in His way, and we just can't simply understand that. But when we grow anxious, when we hold on to those anxieties, what we essentially say is, I know better than you, God. Anxiousness is a big deal also because it can lead to other sins. Anxiousness can lead to other sins. How how is that? Well, if I'm a student... And I've got a test coming up, and I'm really anxious about the grade I'm going to make on that test. It can lead me to cheat. Right? Write down the answers maybe on my arm and wear a long-sleeve shirt when the teacher's not looking. I, Did I just give some of you a, a, a way to cheat on a test? No. Don't take that. Anxiety can lead to that, right? If a parent is anxious about paying the bills, it might lead them to stealing taking money from a petty cash fund or something, right, at work. If we're anxious about so-and-so saying such-and-such about us, we might be tempted and give in to the sin to beat them to the punch and talk bad about them and make up some fabulous lie about them. If a person is anxious about financial matters, he or she might be tempted to cheat on their taxes, or worse, withhold their tithe to God. And not give of their offering with a cheerful and glad heart. Anxiousness is also a cause for all other sorts of personal misery. This word picture associated with this Greek word that Peter uses when he says, casting all your anxieties, is a word picture of one object being torn in two different directions. Being stretched in two different ways, being pulled in two different directions. Even those things that are made to be stretched in different directions have a limit to their elasticity. You know that, right? Rubber bands break all the time. Here's what I was thinking though. When I was a kid, I got a toy called Stretch Armstrong, Stretch Armstrong, y'all remember the Stretch Armstrong? Anybody have a Stretch Armstrong? I had two. You know why I had two? Because the package said it could not be stretched out, right? It could stretch forever and ever. Challenge accepted. And boy, my brothers and I, we broke that thing. And several years later, one of my brothers bought me another one. He's like, remember when we broke the stretch armstrong?" I was like, yeah, I remember. They said it couldn't be. And we took that challenge on. Listen, that's what happens when we stretch something over and over and over. Even if it's made to be stretched, it's going to be stretched too far. We weren't made to do that. This is what happens when we try to deal with our anxieties, our cares, our worries within our ability, our power, our understanding. It stretches us way too thin because we weren't made to handle it. We were made to hand it over, over to God. Worry and anxiety has been shown over and over to have adverse effects on human bodies, causing our minds our emotions, our bodies to be taxed beyond what we can handle. I've never had an anxiety attack, but I have read and I have heard that these symptoms are similar to an epileptic seizure or a heart attack. That's what worry can do to you. And all of this is caused by the fact that we're trying to control a situation that is out of our control. So really our cares and anxieties, our worries, are really a control issue, or like I said earlier, it's a sin issue. It's a sin issue. Number two, this is the, the reason we need to cast our anxieties on Him is what my anxiety says about my view of me. When I hang on to my cares and my worries and my anxieties, what does that say about me? Well, I already mentioned that our church choice to worry and toil with our anxieties shows that we believe we are wiser than God, But there's a louder statement being made with our worry when we choose not to give it over to God. There's a deep connection between anxiety and a lack of humility. Peter, before mentioning our need to cast our cares, to cast our anxieties over to God, gives an imperative command that we read to to the listeners. And it started in verse 5, and this is why I backed all the way up to verse 5. He says first, in verse 5, you you who are younger be subject to the elders. Being subject to someone that is over you is all about humility. It's all about humbling yourself. Then he goes on and says, clothe yourselves, all of you. He's talking to the whole body. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humbleness, with humility toward one another. So he's saying, all right, first church, subject yourselves to those who are your elders, those who are your shepherds. Subject yourselves, humble yourselves to their biblical authority. Number two, Everybody, humble yourselves to everybody. That goes for me, and that goes for you. Everybody, humble yourself. Why does he say that? Well, one reason is, as he says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, not about you, but I want as much grace from God as I can get. And if God increases his grace to me by humbling myself, I want to humble myself. I sure do. I, I, want, to, I want to humble myself before him. Humble ourselves, and God gives us grace. That's beautiful. Humble ourselves in verse 6, though, is also directly connected to verse 7. When he says in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time may He may exalt you. All right, look at that verse, and you can actually connect that, that verb, humble yourselves, to the verse, verse or verb of verse 7, casting. It's actually a, what we call a participle. And a participle in the Greek language is dependent on either a noun or a verb. Okay, I'm not trying to impress you, just trying to explain to you. Casting all our anxieties is dependent on humbling ourselves. It is directly dependent. I can't humble myself if I'm not casting all my anxieties on God. I can't cast all my anxieties on God if I'm not willing to humble myself. Our ability to cast our cares upon God is directly related to our willingness to humble ourselves before God. And He's just kind of building it up. He's saying, I don't only want you to humble yourselves to your pastors. I don't only want you to humble yourselves before each other. You need to humble yourself before God. Because this will help you casting everything before Him. I know some people wink at the sin of worry. I know some people say, oh, I'm a worry word. It's just the worry I was built. I can't help it. It's not a serious sin, right? But I want you to hear what Peter is really driving home. The opposite of humbling ourselves is pridefulness. It is a prideful thing to hang on to our anxieties, our cares, our worries. It states emphatically, I can handle it on my own. I can work it out better than God. And the unwillingness to cast our cares on Him creates within us this environment where all our thoughts are centered on me, on ourselves, on us. I become the center of my universe. And so at the center of my anxieties, say, make, they, they make this quiet proclamation, it's all about me. I am the center of everything. It's all about me. It's all about me if it's all about me, can it ever be about God? No. What holding on to our anxieties essentially does is it supplants God on the throne of our hearts. And it says, you can't handle it, but I can. So I'm going to hang on to this, God. I'm going to hang on to this. And here's here's another little side issue, by the way. Have you noticed how worries and anxieties end up dominating our every thought. When you hold on to that worry, when you hold on to that anxiety, it dominates every thought you have. And it can keep us from praying and otherwise being devoted to God. It's one of the reasons most Sunday mornings when I get, here, get in here on time, we have that time of prayer. I say something like this. Lord, I know we have a lot of things going on in our hearts and minds that want to distract us from worshiping you. We're going to take a moment of silence and allow everybody to pray about that thing so we can get it out and cast it to you or something like that, and then we can worship you. Because how can we truly worship God if we've got all these thoughts going on in our hearts and minds about our own personal issues? We can't. We're worshiping our personal issues at that point. I know that's kind of hard to hear, but I'm trying to help us understand. God wants us to cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. And He can deal with them best. He can deal with them so much better than we can. And trying to deal with them ourselves just just messes us up. Not only emotionally and physically, but spiritually as well. Third reason that we need to cast our cares on Him. It has to do with what my anxiety says about my view of God. What is holding on to my cares say about my view of God? You caught the two reasons why Peter gives us to turn our worries and cares over to God, I hope. Because he cares for us. I've said that a couple of times, right? We, we caught that. We, we catch that one and we like that one. Ooh, he cares for us. That gives me warm fuzzies. It gives me holy goose goosebumps. No, holy ghost goosebumps, right? Well, he cares for me. But there's another reason. It was in that scripture. I don't know if you saw it. Look back there at verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under what kind of hand? There was three of you that caught that. Humble yourselves, therefore, under what kind of hand? The mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God. You know why our anxieties are best placed in the hands of God? It's not only because He cares for us because there is no more powerful, mighty hand in all of creation than the hands of God. But let's deal with these real quick. Number one, He cares for you. That's not some sort of cliche, greeting card type of statement, okay? God's care for us is something that has been proved over and over through all of mankind's history from the moment that He spoke creation into being and breathed life into Adam and Eve to when He relented from killing them for eating the forbidden fruit. Remember, He said... The promise for eating the forbidden fruit was they would die. He didn't kill them. That was his care, his grace, his love. For the moment when he was ready to destroy the whole world because every inclination of man was sin, and yet he relented and saved for himself a remnant in Noah and his family and had them build that ark and saved all the rest of creation as well. That's his care. To the pinnacle of human history, God himself showed up in the form of a human and took on the cross. So that we could have relationship with God. We call that grace. We call that mercy. We call that His love. But that is His care for humanity. No one cares for us like He does. But if His only attribute was His care, that would not be enough. Why do I say that? Well, guys, I care for you. I care for you a lot. But if you come and pour your heart out to me, there's nothing I can do for you except I'm really sorry. I can have some sympathy for you. I can feel your pain. I can pray for you. But there's not much else I can do. I have no power in this hand. There's there's nothing I can do about your situation except care. But that's why Peter says we should take our worries to God because of His mighty hand. You see, it is the power of God that makes His care for our worries beneficial. He is the only one with dominion over all things seen and unseen. He is the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills and a thousand hills as well. If our worry is financial, He is the one that can move in someone's heart to bless us in some way financially. If our worry is over somebody else's uh, or our relationship with someone else, He is the one that directs the hearts and minds of man. If our worry has... to has to do with our health. He is the one that can heal the sick person and the lame person with only a word. He has the power to do whatever His will is to do. He is the one who is able to do all things and nothing can stop Him. He spoke creation into being. He split the Red Sea. There is nothing that is beyond His power. Bills and health and relational conflicts are nothing for Him. And so when we keep our worries, our anxieties, our cares for ourselves, what it says about our view of God is that we do not trust that He is either care, caring enough or powerful enough. Now, I know you're like, I never said that. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is that's what we're involuntarily saying when we, when we hold on to those cares, those anxieties, and those worries. If He does not answer the prayer how we want Him to answer that, we question Him. If He does not stop the sickness, we question Him. If He does not stop the storm from hitting the coast, then we question Him. Beloved, the the problem is not one of His care or His power. The problem one is uh, one of our limited ability to understand. It's one of our limited ability to see the big picture. And the problem is our willingness to let go of this fallacy of control over our Current situation and cast our anxiety into his might and into his care. You see, the call of casting all our cares to him is a call for faith, first and foremost. A call for faith. And if I do not have the faith for him to handle my temporal, earthly problems, how could I ever trust him to handle my eternal, spiritual problem of sin? Huh? How can I? I can't. So I have to ask myself the question, Brian, do you really believe he is able? Brian, do you really believe he is caring? Then why don't you turn it over to him? Why don't we? So now what? What what am I saying exactly? Am I saying that we shouldn't care about things? I was reading someone else's sermon on this particular text. I like to read other pastors' sermons I didn't care for his sermon, but I liked his title. He said, are you humble enough to be carefree? I liked that. He said, not careless, but carefree. I don't know about you, but I don't want to hold on to pride before God. I don't want to hold on to my fallacy of control and my personal situation. I want to be humble enough to say, I am not able, and I don't even have enough care. I want to turn it all over to you, God. So, that doesn't necessarily mean that I shouldn't care, though. Especially about others. I can't help but to think of the Samaritan. He had care, didn't he? When he came upon that beaten and bruised, left-for-dead, naked Jew lying in the middle of the road, it wouldn't have been enough for him to go around the guy and worry about him all day, right? That's not caring. No, see, caring is doing something about it. Caring really is if i have the ability to do something i'll do it so how do we then cast our cares onto him well there's nothing real difficult about this it's 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 not a it's not a, no, no it's difficult let me back up it's not a complex answer that's what i was trying to say but it's difficult pray i mean that's it it, it just there's not a magic pill but it's difficult because how hard is it to remind ourselves when I want to worry, when I want to grow anxious, I mean, even in the middle of prayer, sometimes I can grow anxious about stuff. I don't know about you. This is, I'm not preaching at you guys. I'm preaching about myself as well, okay? So you got to pray. Pray and pray and pray. I wonder if the reason that Paul felt compelled to write pray unceasingly, not only because the Holy Spirit inspired him, but because he was worrying about something, and he was anxious about something. And so he knew, I need to cast my cares before him. I'm having to pray all the time. That's the way it is sometimes when you're anxious about something, isn't it? The moment you want to grow anxious about something, you cast it on to him in a word of prayer. And I just simply, we got to leave it in God's hands. Consider the anxious issues the readers of this letter were dealing with. They weren't dealing with bills. They weren't dealing with, you know, uh, an irate customer on the other end of the line. They were being persecuted and murdered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. That was the care they were dealing with. In this point, and the word of hope from, Paul, uh, from Peter was this. The mighty hand of God cares for you, so cast all your anxieties, all your cares, all your worries onto him. That's the word of hope. That's the word of hope. And if it worked 2,000 years ago, oh, how's that old hymn go? If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. If it was good enough 2,000 years ago, beloved, it should be good enough for us. Because while we're surrounded by these tall pines that block our view of the big picture, God is not. He sees the big picture. And all the big problems we think we can be made uh, that are in our lives, He can make them look so small. If we just allow God to help us see things from His perspective, our anxieties would look all so, so much smaller. I want to invite you to do that this morning, to turn your cares over to Him. I asked a question a second ago. If you cannot trust Him with your anxieties, how can you trust Him with your salvation? If you can't trust Him with your temporal, temporal, earthly issues, how can you trust Him with your eternal spiritual issues? Have you trusted in Jesus for your salvation? If you've not, I want to invite you during this time of response we're about to have to come forward. We're going to have music playing. I'm going to, we're going to stand up and During that time, I I invite you, come forward. Come forward and trust Jesus with the biggest issue we've ever had, and that is our need to be forgiven of our sin and be saved. Maybe this is something that you've already taken care of, but you've just got some sort of anxiety that you've been dealing with for weeks or months or years even. I want to invite you during this time of invitation to make this a moment of prayer, to drive the stake in the ground to say, you know what? Here on uh, July 22nd, I have cast that to him. And even if I pick it up five minutes later and start worrying about it, I'm going to keep on casting it, keep on casting it, I'm going to keep on going to him in prayer. God, take it. God, I don't want to worry. God, I want to trust you. God, you have a mighty hand. God, you care for us. And you've proved that over and over and over. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you do care for us. We thank you for your mighty hand that can handle all things. Even if we don't understand it, even if we don't see the big picture, Lord, you still are able. and I want to trust in that. Sometimes that's hard. That's why it's called faith. It's all about letting go and trusting in your ability and your care for us. Father, I pray that we would each respond to your Holy Spirit as You are leading us this morning. It's your name I pray, Jesus.